0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into Camel Call Friday. Thank you so much for giving us a listen with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer, and uh, before we get into a lot of awesome stuff, including a Campbell Camel in the World Series, as you could tell if you listened to this podcast for the last couple of weeks, Evan and I really love homecoming because it is such a it is such a neat feeling here at Campbell and me and Evan have been around here for enough years now that we see a bunch of old friends and student-athletes and their families and stuff, and this one was great. Hey, Campbell went 3-0 and with winning the three games, including the big football win, but uh, on top of that, it was just another great time to see a lot of old friends here in the creek.
1: I have a lot of teams that I've enjoyed working with over the years. Maybe my favorite is women's lacrosse, especially a program that's 12, 13 years old. A lot of those players were Seniors, like the first lacrosse class were seniors or juniors when I got here. Yeah, so
0: we I, literally know all of them. We've seen pretty much yeah. the
1: entire team. So they came back and had an alumni game with Coach Salmer Mercogliano, which is funny because we've known Sal forever. He's a professor YouTube here star. in history and criminal justice, but also a YouTube sensation. <laughs> so all the lacrosse players are coming over from the tailgates to the stadium, and I'm flying the drone pregame trying to follow the NCAA rules.
0: That drone was all over the place, And like man. every lacrosse
1: player would come up, and we'd talk for like five minutes, and then yeah. the next person would come through. And I swore I got to talk to like 30 lacrosse players because they all show up. And yeah. them and football, who share the same building, kind of have that camaraderie together. So they've been tailgating and, and play their alumni game and everything. And you know, it was interesting because I heard the name Randy Moss Jr. And I finally put it together. I was like, oh, darn, that guy's pretty good. Yeah. And for us to win that football game was impressive, one. And then two, to see the amount of former students that we've worked with. I counted at least 75 that I've seen that were either in our department or, you know, worked for us or played for teams. And there was a lot of recent alumni turnout, which is which has been a challenge at yep. times. So to get those people who graduated from like 2010 to now to be invested, that's, that's huge for the university too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And as we've said, if you are – A student athlete at Campbell for these past 12-13 years what we're calling the golden era of of Campbell athletics you have a much different experience everybody uh, appreciates their experience but this is one where you have the facilities you have the gear where putting money into the athletic department is paying off, and I think it's paying off with the fact that these alumni automatically are still locked in and really, really appreciate what went on here.
1: And then I ran into Andrew Udy, so I had to give him a big bro hug, former Campbell basketball star. He was an all-conference player. He yeah. was Clemens, kind of Robin to Batman, and him and Corey Gensler and Nick Parker and Jordan Whitfield. You know, that was an era of really good basketball here at Campbell, and and we're getting back to that, but that was a championship run. And for those guys, including Chris, to come back and they watched practice, they were part of the the homecoming, that's a big deal because, you know, to be fully transparent in this podcast, certain teams are super involved with alumni and basketball's getting to that point. But to see them be more invested in those alumni, that's big for the basketball program.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And and we talked to them and and coming up in the future uh, on this podcast and on social media, we'll... uh, We'll have some conversations with them, but yeah, that was that was really, really cool um, to see, too. Just a great weekend, and again, bottom line, too, Campbell goes uh, 3-0. Hey, speaking of Campbell alumni and, and, and really good dudes, Ryan Thompson, a Campbell baseball player, two-time All-American here. You, you want to talk about the golden era. He was here at the beginning of it, particularly for baseball. Back-to-back 40-game wins, regular season title, and then, of course, the tournament title is Campbell Baseball. Went back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in decades. You probably remember, or maybe you don't because it was in that weird baseball year of, of of 2020, he broke into the major leagues. And not only broke into the major leagues, he was with Tampa and went all the way to the World Series. He pitched fantastic in the postseason. That got him a regular spot in the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen in that rotation, 36 games for him in 2021 2022 47 games and then this year he was injured uh quite frankly he was injured in and out fell out of favor when he did pitch he didn't pitch well at tampa bay he was one and two with a 6.11 era through 18 games they released him after bouncing him back and forth between triple a he was in durham for most of the year and that and then he got picked up he had a few suitors he got picked up with an arizona team a couple months ago that was
1: barely in the playoff hunt at,
0: at the time when you they saw okay they are they are a couple games out of the wild card but they were up and down all year and then they did this fantastic run really fueled by him and the back end of the bullpen that they totally retooled with a couple of other trades so he went from a guy that had a six ERA to with arizona he pitched in 13 games four holds a save and a 0.69 ERA. And then he kept that up in the playoffs. He, he was in game seven and pitched a pivotal four batters, got four outs, kept that lead, got a hold for them. And now he's finding himself in the world series for the second time.
1: Not only the success on the field in his post game presser, he wore a swole hump shirt, right? And that asked a lot of questions because people are going, what the heck's that logo? And we've talked about this for years yeah. with big name personalities on campus creating that exposure. And for Thompson, because people forget, he set the NCAA single season high for innings pitched his senior year. And so he was a workhorse, right? And Greg Goff would use him every opportunity. You saw it more firsthand than I did. And now at this big league level, he's more sidearm. He's unconventional. I think the first time I met him was when the Booze Creek Astros were launched. It was kind of the whole photograph, big day with the Ryan family. And and he came as a double-A player but he was living in Holly Springs and he was local. So we drove down and, you know, you kind of hope, hey, can a double double A guy make it to the bigs? And I mean, now with the D-backs, he's proven that he can be a legit bullpen guy and he's done it for years, like you said. So I think it's cool for him because he was Mr. Campbell and he's talked about yeah. his faith. He's talked about Justin Hare specifically yeah. and that coaching staff and how this place, he was a junior college guy with really no direction in Pacific Northwest, like had some talent, but didn't throw very hard. and Now he's a legit MLB arm in the pen. I mean, it's amazing just
0: his, you know, postseason stats now that he's done two postseason runs to the World Series. How about this? This is just in the postseason. One and one, a 2.25 ERA, seven holds in 20 innings. He's made 17 postseason appearances. He'll be in the World Series again with a with a darn good chance to get a ring, nobody thought Texas or Arizona would be in there. So it's really who's going to play better. And, you know, there could be a Campbell Camel with a World Series ring coming back to Bowie's Creek here pretty soon. And it puts a amazing bow on what has been an amazing year. Of course, we talked about it so much, Campbell being in the top 20 for the majority of the year, a number two seed. Four Camels were in the majors this year, and they all had big roles, were on good teams. Alan Winans broke into the majors for the first time, won some key games. He was almost on the for postseason Atlanta. roster. Yeah, yeah, won some key games for Atlanta. Zach Neto, starting shortstop for the Anaheim Angels. Just incredible. And, oh, yeah, Cedric Mullins, who was having an amazing year and an amazing run for Baltimore. So it's not just, hey, bottom line, Campbell four guys in the majors that's enough but the fact that all these guys were key contributors and one of them now is going to the World Series it's just it's been an amazing year for this amazing
1: program and one of them in Neto, who a year ago at this time was playing Presbyterian yeah. and NCA and T is now a legit big league shortstop I think the fun part too with this run so in the World Series there's only two players that played in North Carolina in the World Series Zach Gallen of Carolina and Ryan Thompson. So in the whole state, yeah. there's only two. And that puts you in a distinct conversation from a recruiting standpoint of, hey, yeah. you come here, not only are you going to win at Campbell, you can win at the next level. And that matters, right? And we've talked about Mullins as kind of the breakthrough athlete for the recent MLB run. But it's shown now in the last seven years that Harris consistently had players drafted. They've gotten opportunities, and, and now they're playing at the big league level.
0: Well, and and look at how they've done it too. You know, at the beginning when it was a lot of JUCO guys. Ryan Thompson was a JUCO guy, but again, a guy that not many people wanted because he had an odd delivery. They turned into a, a, a major leaguer,
1: and yeah, he was recruited to throw over the top and yeah. threw like mid eighties. Yeah, and they taught him the sidearm, <laughs> yeah. and now he's touching ninety sidearm.
0: You know, Cedric Mullins was here was here for one year, but you propel him to that. But then you know, Wine and Netto's guys guys that. They got out of high school and turned into major leaguers, you know, and these guys are going to be back next year. You know, Neto is going to be starting at the major league level next year. Cedric, of course, he's a he's a major league all-star. Thompson is going to find his way into a bullpen somewhere. And Winans, if it's not for Atlanta, he's going to be somewhere else and probably in a starting rotation. And oh, by the way, there are a couple guys. Spencer Packard is one of them. There are guys on the cusp. Triple-A, double-A, AA doing really well. So we may have a couple of other Camels making their major league debut next
1: year. Bryce Arnold made it to double-A this year. He played a couple of games in in a fill-in role. So it, it is neat, you're right, because those names who quickly rise up the rankings, they have these like minor league prospect lists. It, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. I think there's even a few on this current roster that in a few years could could make that run. Maybe more on the pitching side, but it, Harrington in three to five years could make a yeah. run for the Pirates. It, it It's kind of neat just to think... When we sit from doing the Campbell coaches shows on top of the natatorium (laughs) of a swim stadium, you know, five years ago to now having four to five big league players on a roster. Yeah,
0: it's amazing with how they've developed. And again, none of these guys came in with people saying this is going to be a guy that's going to be a major leaguer. So again, you can go on and on about. About what they have uh, have done over there in the baseball program, it is championship season uh, across the fall sports. Our cross country teams will be at the CAA championships just outside of Richmond on Friday. Our women's soccer team, their season is over, as we have talked about it. You know, they had. Another heartbreaking game, oh. their final game at home in what was in the midst of a, of a heartbreaking season. But again, for a young team, you see how close they were. They know they can play in this league. If a couple of things go different, they're right in the, the tournament. They're not right now, but, but boy, a, a, a good, solid showing for them this year.
1: We had actually texted the night of that final home match because they were four seconds away from... I don't know if they go up and beat Monmouth. You know, Monmouth was a good team. But yeah. to give themselves a chance to get in by beating Monmouth. And what a cool senior class, though. I mean, with Humbert and, of course, Peabody, who exemplifies elite defending. And then Liston, who scores in her final game because she didn't play the last game she got injured. And that senior class that won the two regular seasons and the postseason title. that You know, I know Jeff Gross is disappointed in the moment. But that, that senior class did so much for this program.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And they are... I mean, again, they knew this was going to be a rebuilding year and they were competitive. The men, they have given themselves a chance with a couple of wins here. They need some help. They have to go to Monmouth, believe it or not, on Saturday, 1 o'clock to take on a very good team. So bottom line, first thing that has to happen, Campbell has to win. Delaware and Charleston, who are both around Campbell, are playing each other. If one of those teams wins, that's still fine. Campbell needs Elon to draw or lose, or Campbell can get a win. Delaware and Charleston draw. Elon can win, so they need a couple of things to happen. The top but it's not six get in. Yeah, it's top top not four out of have the clinched. Out of now the, the, the way. issue
1: is they've played some of these teams and they've yep. lost to them, which means from a tie breaking standpoint, they have eight. Elon has eight points. You have to win and then hope. You know, you don't want a scoreboard watch too much. But to your point, getting the three points is huge. And Mom, it's in first place, so. If you want to get in the tournament, you have to beat the number one team. And if they do that, then they're in.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So uh, the the road has been winding for them two weeks ago. It looked like they were going to get it no problem, then some losses. But they have fought here till the end. And we'll be scoreboard watching. They play kind of first out of all these games Saturday at 1 o'clock. And the Campbell volleyball team, Evan, you – you know, you might remember, but even in the Big South where the, the competition was very top-heavy, it was kind of Campbell and, and High Point and everybody else, I don't remember in, you know, Coach Goral's very good teams, the head volleyball coach at volleyball, a dominant stretch like this. Not only have they won five matches in a row, they have not dropped a set. A team, Northeastern, who was tied for them for second place coming into last weekend, they swept in back-to-back matches.
1: They've been really good at home. And they've taken that home success and gone on the road and split with Towson, which is huge. Towson's only lost twice. The mental toughness of this team is better than in the past. There's been years where they go out and beat Liberty in three sets and then lose to Presbyterian. That's not happening this year, which is good. And I think the back-to-backs for a team that is maybe not as talented as the rest of the league at the top half has been helpful for them. They've been able to split with Delaware, split with Towson, the teams they're better than in these back-to-backs. There's been some tight second matches, but they've been able to put teams away, and when you beat them the first time, they've clobbered them the second time, or vice versa. They play a good Hofstra team this week. That's a top-six team. Yeah. If they can go to Hofstra and win two, then you're fighting for that regular season title. You win one, it gets tricky. Now, the tiebreaker that Campbell has over everybody, you want to get in the top two for that bye. They have the win over Towson that really nobody else in the top half does. Yeah. So if they stay at the three losses and kind of win out, they have winnable two weeks coming up after this. They could lock in that two seed and then avoid playing in the first round.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Evan, because not only – and you shouldn't chalk up any sort of wins in conference play, but but Campbell will play at home in two weeks, a Hampton team that has not lost a match all year. So if you throw that into the mix, Campbell is going to be – into the CAA tournament, but but you make a good point. You get in the top two, you get a bye because six get in, but also too they're still making a run for a share of the CAA volleyball conference title. Which again, they knew this was going to be a tough league, and they've and they've navigated it well.
1: And there's ties to winning the regular season and the postseason and hosting next year's tournament. So yeah, there are elements. Then we saw this in the Big South, where you know you need help from Towson to lose, but. You could then fight for a chance to host it yourself next year here in Booze Creek.
0: Yeah, and, and and you're right. This weekend is key because Hofstra is the best team that's left. Hofstra is six and six, but they're a very good six and six. Then you're back here at home to take on Hampton. That should be two matches. Then you go on the road at NCA and T 4-2, NCA and T six and six right now. Any of those teams are gonna be tough, but but Campbell has it in, in front of them if they can get a couple of wins up at Hofstra. They're gonna be heavily favored in the final four matches and really put that pressure on Towson. Right now they're they're tied with Delaware. For second place, they should go to an
1: Islanders game. It's right across the street. <laughs> While they're up there at, on Long Island, just go go see the whole thing for the that's
0: weekend. A, it, it's a different conference world in the CAA. When you talk about that, I'm like Long Island. Oh yeah, that's where uh, they go to 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 play Hofstra. So again, the volleyball team just really doing well, and it's gone from oh okay, they're going to be okay in the CAA to they could win the CAA <laughs> that's, title. That's the sport of year. all the
1: sports that has shown the jump. <laughs> and maybe it's just competition, whatever it is, they have risen to that level. And credit to them because. It's a hard transition. They've made it look... They
0: lost some key players from last year's championship team as well.
1: Layla Green, who I saw at homecoming, Ananda Patterson, who went to Liberty. You uh, know, those are some big arms. Well, not you know, for her, to she Liberty, didn't, sorry. She was pursuing a master's that we didn't have <laughs> know, here at Campbell. I but I know what you're Automatically saying. Automatically,
0: when you say Liberty, I boo. So please, I was not <laughs> booing any of our fine student-athletes. And you can transfer if you want to, but uh, yeah, I'll that was a Liberty Four years here first, so that you, if you want to transfer, go ahead. You can't take it out. Uh, speaking of... of uh, Booing. Halloween? Well, I, I don't know. At, Halloween. At, Halloween. At, okay, yeah. So speaking what are you doing of Halloween? booing Halloween, speaking of spooky, the Spiders and the Richmond Spiders Ooh, are the very homecoming scary too. opponent for Campbell. Campbell will be a homecoming opponent coming up uh, this Saturday at Richmond. Campbell getting the big win at Maine. They've put together two in a row now. Campbell, only two losses in the conference. and in the conference. Again, no room for error. They have to win their final conference games. This is going to be a tough one at Richmond. This is a big one. This This is is going to be a tough one. one.
1: Richmond has bounced back since that loss to Hampton, and they've looked really good, especially defensively. They also run the football a ton, which will put a pressure on our defense. Now, we've shown in this league that Campbell can score against anybody. Yeah. Now, can they score against a good defense in a tough environment where things may not be going well? And that's a good question. And Hodge has been so efficient this year. He doesn't make mistakes. There's a ton of scoring drives, the balance of the offense. This is a game where you look at, is Campbell really taking a step as a program? If they win at Richmond, they're they're probably in great position to make a playoff run. Even if they lose, they can still get in, but you need some help, right? Yeah. This game shows that, hey, we're 4-2 and two in the league, and we've taken a big step. And they all know that. But as you go into this game, even if Campbell loses, season ain't over, but it sure gets Propelled to a different level yeah. if they win.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's pretty incredible, you know. Campbell right now for everything. If you just take, hey, if I tell you, back in August, Campbell's going to be four and three overall, three and two in the conference, and sixth place in the conference, and in the mix for a playoff spot. Again, you don't know anything else how how things came out. You're gonna you're gonna take that, and I think Campbell has proven where they have gone. Now we will go back to what has been the end of October into November, it's, uh, it's a stretch where Campbell, and I can give you a lot of reasons why, one of it being the fact that the injuries, one of it being the fact that they haven't been a scholarship team for for more than five years. I can tell you that, but this is where, if you're thinking about the next step of the program, do you win in October and November? And Campbell head coach Mike Minner said that. He, he knows. He knows that they've had I'm good records at this point in the season before, and he knows if you are going to make something special happen here, you have got to win against good opponents, and boy, Campbell has some good opponents because not only is it at Richmond a team that I think all of us a month ago when they lost to Hampton thought, well, Richmond isn't as good. They were a playoff team last year. That They are as good. That was a, oh, we're just going to come in here and beat Hampton. They were starting a new quarterback. They had trouble finding their quarterback. They have had four quarterbacks make their collegiate debuts uh, for Richmond this year. They have found a quarterback. He's a true freshman from North Carolina, actually. Really good And uh, again, this is going to be a tough game. Then Campbell uh, goes on the road to take on North Carolina out of conference
1: and then comes back and takes on a Delaware team.
0: Only undefeated team in the conference. They are in the top five in the entire country. Which
1: is why when you talk about Campbell's struggles in the back half of the season, and we warned you coming in, this three-game stretch could easily be 0-3 and you played three darn good football games. And from a mental standpoint, You have to be able to overcome that because the Delaware and Richmond games are really where you win for your playoff hopes. No one counts the Carolina game in the grand scheme of things. And Mike's noted that on the podcast. He's going to play to get guys experience and reps. But if you win one of these two, then you start talking about postseason. If you lose both, it gets difficult. You need some help. But it's all in front of them these next three weeks.
0: Has Campbell beaten anybody really good? They haven't. They've beaten teams on the road that have been hot with with Manmouth, Monmouth, and Hampton. We saw we we saw what Maine did. So so this will be that next thing. There are many around that are saying, "Well, the CAA schedule broke in your favor. That's why you're in the mix right now." You can prove it. And again, you have to win a against a very tough team on the road, and you have to win uh, against a team ranked in the top five at home. But uh, first things first. It will be. A very interesting three weeks, and and this is what makes this league so interesting. Number one, you have two conference losses, but you're still in the mix for the playoffs. And number two, you're taking on a team that won a national championship. We're playing at North Carolina. That's incredible. I mean, oh. you know, f- fifteen years ago for for a Campbell team that didn't have a football football team, and now they're Chris, playing at North Carolina. When
1: I started here, our big game was at Presbyterian. There's no doubt. When we were non-scholarship driving to Clinton, and we stayed in the five-star yeah. hotel in Columbia. Yeah. You know, this is this is a big deal.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And then, and then after that, you come home from your last game of the season. You're taking on a top five FCS ranked team. This is fun. This is what the this is what the CAA is all about, and kind of what it adds to to football for it. Um, it's gonna be fun. That game will be at uh three thirty on time for Richmond. What it will be nationally televised on um, Masson. If you don't know what that is, check your local listings. You probably if have you it. live
1: like at the Virginia border yep. up, you, you have it.
0: Yep. And of course it'll always be on Flow Sports, and of course we'll have a uh, free audio coverage for you, me and Jay Sunhalter on GoCamels.com and the varsity network. A lot of fun for this weekend for Evan. I'm Chris saying so
1: long. Send we'll, us your Halloween pictures we'll of camels. You. If you have any camel outfits, we want to see them next week.
0: And uh, next week, uh, Monday on Camel Call Live, it'll be Mike Minner and our quarterback, Haj Malik Williams. That should be a fun hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Halloween.